welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce our crew to you guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show. Uh, let's see. Let's start off with uh, Special Agent Mike Roach. Uh, we also have Lieutenant Randy Sutton, Corporal David D. Gresta, Officer Andrew Casal, and Producer Will Stasser. So thanks, guys. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, Galls. Uh, we have Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, TAC-Tote.com, and we are fueled by Bang Energy. So thanks to all those entities for helping make the show happen. And you know, there's a main article that we're using on Police One. And it's by a, a new author. I don't think I've seen it before, Barry Reynolds. And it's it's titled Addressing the Issue of Wandering Cops. Wandering Cops. So it starts off saying that there's um, little doubt in law, that law enforcement's facing unprecedented recruitment and retention challenges. So they having trouble getting cops and keeping cops. And that every unfilled position presents a cascade of problems. And at the same time, the profession has to address the issue of problem employees who leave the organization under dark clouds, and then they just simply trade one uniform in for another. So the term wandering cops, according to Moses uh, Schultz, it, these are the cops who leave one police department after an alleged misconduct, and then they're hired by another agency. So that's what we're, that's what really what we're talking about. So he proposes one solution, um, and it's the enhancement of the National Decertification Index, also known as NDI. It's maintained by the International Association of Directors of Law Enforcement Standards and Training. They've got you know, an acronym, too. It determines if a recruits, uh, recruit candidate certification was ever canceled due to the misconduct. So all agencies, according to him, should be incentivized to report these activities for current personnel to the NDI, and they make inquiries for uh, candidates that they're getting ready to hire to see if they you know, have a hit on them, basically. Uh, but agencies across the country don't have to do this, so that's why he's asking for incentives for them to do it. And the it goes on to say that the executive order on accountability and policing, which was signed by President Joe Biden May 25th, this year, 2022, it created actually a national database on police misconduct that will include records of officer misconduct so that's um going on so those two actually i'll you know not that i really want to pat biden on the back but that is something that he that he did that follows suit in this thing so that's you know what he's talking about there's a few other things in here in the article and stuff but any uh any comments on this i see randy's ready to go so go ahead lieutenant yeah you know the with what just happened uh with uh when he when a year was in a florida was a florida cop or virginia police officer that uh that um was trolling the internet and catfished this uh, young girl in California yeah. and then went, went to their, went to their home and killed the parents and, and wound up killing the, the, the little girl. I mean, and this is a guy that was a trooper left, uh, left being a trooper and became a deputy. Um, there was, there, I, I'd like to know how the hell this guy passed uh, through the the process and got hired, especially considering he'd actually had uh, he'd been he'd been um, uh, put in a, in a in a, a facility because of how crazy he was prior to this. So we need to really step up our game when it comes down to doing background checks, and that's a real problem that we're facing. Yeah, thanks. You know, I, uh, Guardian Alliance is also you know involved in that space, helping agencies with that issue as well. So, um, but uh, but good words. You know, uh, Christopher uh, Christopher 
Yeah, Christopher Hale uh, said, thanks, panel and producer Will, for all you do and made a donation to the show. So thank you. And uh, and thank you, producer Will, for being here so that, you know, so we got that. All right. Very cool. Uh, uh, Special Agent Mike Roach. Yeah. So uh, like Randy said, it, you know, a lot of it comes down to the backgrounds. And, um, you know, I had a situation with a very large uh, police department where, an individual who had come out of the military, and I think they just took it on face value that, hey, he's former military, he's a good guy and all that. And I can tell you that their background was was very lacking on this individual. He came to our attention, and uh, I opened up an investigation, landed up, uh, we arrested him and, and charged him. Um, because he went into uh, pretrial diversion, you know, I immediately called uh, the state and said, hey, we need to... to bang his certification. And they said, well, you have to wait for a year until he clears pretrial diversion. So a year later, then I was able to call them up and then he was called in for a hearing. I had to go down for the hearing and then he was entitled to an appeal to that. And um, then, you know, a few months later I went for that. But, you know, my, my concern was that he was going to show up again at some smaller department somewhere because he still had his certification. And uh, he had no business being a police officer. But, you know, again, it's due diligence. It comes down to these police departments have to rely upon, you know, knocking on doors. And I know a lot of times they rely on sending out these letters, whether they get responded to or not. And, um, you know, it's uh, the chickens have come home to roost as far as, uh, you know, accountability, you know, that they want. Uh, I'm opposed to any kind of federal um clearing house and leave it up to the states to, to, to deal with that. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Andrea and Randy. I think that Good we all Andrea. know, sorry. I think that we all know um, people that probably should never have had their job that maybe um, failed the psychological, a phone call gets made, shouldn't happen. You know, it. you know, it never should have happened, but you know, a lot of us, I think that, you know, in the training program, even if they pass the initial in the training program, if they're, you know, if you start to see, you'll see signs with them interacting with people typically. Now, granted, sometimes I know, especially with military, you might see somebody that later on PTSD or something else kicks in. But through the training program, how many times do you find where people try to, you know, say, you know what, they're just not cutting it. And, you know, we, we pass them anyway. And we just sit there, oh, just give them a little bit longer. Just give them a little longer. Let's just, you know, let's see how they do. Let's release them. Let's get them on the street. And then by then, you know, nobody, they fell through the cracks during the training program and we continue to allow them on the street because then what does that make our training program look like? So, I mean, you really have to tighten up during that training program. You should be able to weed out most of these guys. And I think a lot of these agencies need to do a lot, a lot more of that. But I think some of them were hurting so badly that they're just taking whoever and whatever, and they're not screening them. And, you know, if they do have military or prior law enforcement, we're picking them up because, well, that that's one step closer that, you know, we don't, we don't have to worry about that. They've already had some training. They've already had some of the background, but unfortunately there's a reason why some of those guys, not the ones from, you know, certain States, but there's a reason why some of those guys end up leaving coming to another agency because they, they can't quite cut it. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Hey, Lieutenant Randy, let me, I got a question for you before you go. Um, can you see user comments on your screen? Yes. Ah, crap. All right. Then you know that Bo just made a donation and that we have to split it with you. Oh, thank you, Bo. <laughs> you the man, Bo. Thanks, Bo. Appreciate <laughs> it. All right, go, go ahead, Lieutenant. So, you know, we've seen this historically during 
during times when um, there's there's political ramifications to hiring people. And, uh, you know, uh, we had a situation in Vegas where background investigator said, don't hire this person. And because of some political considerations, he was told, uh, stand down and we're hiring. And this guy actually became, uh, he, did, he did a drive-by on some gangbangers when he was drunk and killed a couple people. Um, and then it came out that he was, that, 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 that someone above the, in the, in the, in the high ranking chain of command countermanded the background investigator and said, hire him anyway. And this is the most dangerous thing that, that leaders can do to battle political pressures, to hire people, uh, because of, of uh, languages spoken or whatever the, the political flavor of the day is. And we've seen this time after time, uh, and we don't seem to be learning our lesson. Wow. All right, Mike. So um, going behind Randy there, uh, that there was a, a case in, um, it was actually in L.A., um, an individual was a DOD police officer, and he had applied to LAPD, had never been accepted, but he was a prime suspect in a, a, a gang-related shooting. He was a member of a, a, one of the gangs. And um, it was uh, later on, he was applying to San Francisco Police Department and they were conducting an adequate background and looked into it and saw that he had been a suspect in this shooting. Then they called the homicide investigator and the homicide investigator said, you know, I'm gonna reopen this case. I think there's new evidence that we can, and sure enough um, that, that they landed up convicting him on a, a cold case. But it was because of the good uh, background of uh, San Francisco. But the other thing I wanted to add too was, you, you look like you know New Orleans Police Department is down 600 officers. You know the crime is, I mean, 600 officers, and they they said you know the the, the number one concern to them, the, the ones that are leaving, is the um, how did they put it? Uh, they don't feel supported. 94 percent on their exit interviews. And it, and it wasn't even pay. Pay was like fourth on the, the list. It was don't feel supported, stress and burnout. Um, uh, realities don't align with expectations. So uh, those are the top three reasons why they're bailing out of the police department. And it's a 1,500 uh, member uh, police department and they're down 600 bodies. Yeah, that is crazy. That is crazy. Lieutenant? I, I want to relate a story. I was... Uh... This is when I was a policeman in New Jersey. I was at the Philadelphia Police Academy, and I was I was doing a study with them about about um, uh, mounted patrol. And I was in their academy building, and I could tell that the commandant was very very distracted. And and I said, "What's going on?" And he looked at his watch. He says, "Come come with me to the window." And they had the entire they had the entire academy class lined up. And there was like 40, 50 people. And then you could see from our vantage point, there was a bunch of cops hiding behind, behind some trees and, and some buildings. And at a certain, at a certain signal, um, they came running in and they, and they hooked up like 16 of these recruits in the academy. Every one of them, they had, they had warrants for, they hired them and put them in the academy without doing the proper background check. It was amazing scene to behold. It was embarrassing. And can you imagine that they're putting people 
into the academies without an adequate background check. Well, I, I'm thinking if that was me, David, I would have said as the police, as the chief of the sheriff, that I intentionally did that to draw them in so we could <laughs> I have. I was going to say it was all know, just an elaborate, those elaborate setups, <laughs> like you see. Oh, you've won it! You've won tickets, or you've won money. Come down and collect it. Or we're going to put you in the academy. Come down here to this. <laughs> it was just, it was all just an elaborate setup, Randy. That's what it was. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, wow. uh, well, uh, thanks to FLG man. Now listen to this. He's donated two dollars to the show, so but half of it is for Brett's Only Farts account. You know, OnlyFans, Only Farts. I thought that was pretty cool play on words. So and and it fits with what something Brett would say or do. So uh, so thanks FLG man. We'll make sure Brett gets his uh, gets his money. Um, if there's nobody else to see, well. It's, it's commercial break time. I see Will nodding his head. We'll be right back. All right, so look, if you spend any time inside an armored vehicle, you know how cluttered that world can be, and the same is true of cruisers. Well, there's a new product line out by Tactote that takes advantage of all that steel. Now, Tactote's products allow you to store a variety of gear at an arm's reach using magnetic technology. Extra magazines, med kits, less lethal, breaching tools, they all can have a portable uh, staging solution that's magnetic, just to name a few. So guys, if you're looking to get your patrol cars or your armored vehicles more organized and also to be able to deploy faster, check out tac-tote.com. All right, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. So if there's nobody else left on the last topic, I'll jump to a uh, another update here. And we've got on policemag.com, Virginia trooper dragged three miles, three miles at a high rate of speed during a traffic stop. Now, something must be up with this because, it, well, number one, it was a Mazda SUV, but they say he really wasn't injured that bad. So it just doesn't make sense. Uh, so something must have been going on extra that I don't know about. So the Virginia State Police Trooper dragged about three miles along Interstate 9 or 295 on Friday afternoon. The trooper was not seriously injured. Driver was arrested at 6 p.m. after a search. So the trooper initiates a traffic stop. SUV pulls off on the shoulder and traffic stops 97 miles an hour in a, in a, in a posted 70 mile an hour zone in the interstate. Trooper approaches the SUV on the passenger side. Driver was non-compliant to the request. He drives away at a high rate of speed. Trooper is trapped in the passenger side door. Uh, the SUV reaches speeds of 115 miles an hour. It strikes two southbound tractor trailers and then it crashes. The driver flees the scene on foot, a handgun, was recovered from inside the SUV and the driver, Milton Germain Lewis, 38 years old. Uh, they end up going, you know, 10, 15 with him. Uh, but how all this stuff goes on 150 miles an hour, the crash, all this stuff. And, and our cop has minor injuries. I'm just like, wow. I'm just amazed. Any, any comments on that, David? He was all the way in the car. The, the cop got in the car. I mean, he went over to the passenger side and got in the car. <laughs> That's the only way he probably had time to put his seatbelt on. For crying out, that's how long he was in the car. <laughs> I mean, it, the it's amazing that he he probably sat sitting there in the passenger seat now wondering what am I going to do at this point as the guy is. And this is what was always amazing to me. You have a cop in the car with you, and you think by going really fast you're going to lose him or something. I, <laughs> I never got that either. So um, yeah, just morons all all the way around in the interstate. What can I tell you? All right. Well, thanks for clearing that up for us, Corporal David. Uh, moving along, we've got another one. We're uh, back on Rumble. This is Butters the Channel. Hayward Police Department released a body cam vid video of a fatal police shooting uh, on a uh, on Eden County Road. Where is he? Show me your hands! Show me your hands! Do it again! Show me your hands! 
Yeah, do it. You're gonna get shot. So again, for our podcast and radio listeners to describe in great detail what's going on. So the Hayward Police Department, they released this footage on Thursday of a fatal police shooting. It happened on October 24th. Hayward police officers shot and killed an unidentified man. So it starts at 10 o'clock in the morning. Officers go for a disturbance. And uh, there's a man. He went to his ex-girlfriend's house armed with a gun before entering the home and arguing with the woman's mother which would be the potential mother-in-law, which might explain some of the stuff, Randy, but I'm just, you know, thinking out of the box here. So the woman tells 911 dispatcher that she kicks the man out of the house. He lingers by the door, bangs on it with a gun. You can hear loud popping noises in the call, presumably gunshots. So the woman said that the man shot her daughter's car, a baby, which the woman says is two year, um, her two-year-old child, is screaming in the background. So the man eventually drives away from the victim's house in a silver Mercedes Benz in, in, in Castro Valley. And the officers try to stop his car. He refuses to pull over. There's a pursuit. They get up to 85 miles an hour. Officers force the Mercedes into an embankment uh, to end the pursuit. The guy gets out of the car. So now the body cam footage shows an officer chasing the guy down the road and he's yelling at him, show me your hands, you're gonna get shot. And the guy continues to run away until he comes across another car. And it's a long, it's a long uh, foot foot chase. And there's a, a woman in another vehicle. Um, she's uninvolved in this. So the video show, shows him approaching the driver's side of her car. He points a gun at her, tries to open the car door, and he's still holding on the gun. He takes several steps away from the car, and then our officer finally fires three shots from close range. The guy falls to the ground, drops his gun, taken to the hospital, and, and he dies. And we actually had two officers hospitalized for uh, non-life-threatening injuries. So that's the way that goes down. Um, comments on that on that video? I, I was just waiting for the for the for the for the bullet the fly, David. He gods, that was painful. I mean. How this is another one of those instances where you, you wonder yourself, how long are you going to let this go on? I mean, the guy is running down the road with a gun. I, maybe it was an, a, a, an abandoned road that you didn't expect to find any traffic on. But, you know, when you do that, you're he's going to find some, another innocent civilian, which he did. I'm watching the, the officer on foot chasing this guy with the gun in his hand, and he's waving at the other the other police vehicles. And they're all in this. One on foot, two in vehicles, a slow speed, run him over. How about that? How about just hit him with the car and be done with it? But no, you're going to play patty cake with this jerk off going down the road with a gun in his hand until he finds an innocent civilian to try to carjack. And then you finally shoot him. Um, at what point do you just go up and bump him with the car and knock him down? I mean, it's just, I mean, I was, oh my Lord, there was this in another video. I'm just, I was. I lost fingernails, molars are gone. I, I can't, it was just, I was, I lost my mind. It's just, I couldn't do it. It, it was horrid, horrid.
But at least he finally, he finally does it. He finally did what he needed to do. I mean, it was terrible. Yeah, right. Right after a police car drives right by the bad guy, you know, dealing with the with the with the girl in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to drive down the road and set up a circling firing squad? You moron! Are you kidding me? I was just it was it was astounding, astounding. All right, Lieutenant. I was thinking along the same lines, and I was going shoot him. But but here's the thing: can you blame these cops now? Because you know as well as I do that so many justifiable shootings are being prosecuted as criminal as criminal activities you you can't tell me that that this isn't in the back of the minds of every single cop that's working yeah i'm justified but am i going to get prosecuted for it am i going to get fired for it is there going to be is there going to be a protest is the city going to burn because of it and this is the unfairness that these officers are now having to face in their use of force decisions, not if they're legally justified, but if they're going to be, uh, if they're going to be prosecuted or they're going to be, um, you know, made a a, 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 there's going to be something made of them that is not accurate and not true, but it's politically expedient. I mean, uh, user Eddie Leal just posted something on there to uh, to David saying essentially that same thing. So thanks, Lieutenant Randy. Thanks to our panel for uh, for being here, guys. Uh, appreciate it. Also, our sponsors, Motion DSP, Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, uh, MyMedicare.life, Tactote, and also Bang Energy for Fuel Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.